0: All right, we're live on the podcast, on Periscope, on Facebook, everywhere, talking the Valley Oop, George. The Valley the, Oop, DeAndre Ayton with one of the craziest plays ever. Monty Williams, one of the craziest calls ever, and uh one of the more exciting NBA endings minus the, like, 30 minutes of reviews. But outside of that part, one of the craziest endings to a game, there's, like, seven different angles you can go on this with, like, the, the way the refs did it and the alley-oop and everything.
1: God, man. I mean, what that... Like I said yesterday, I think, I, on the pod, man, what is if NBA playoff? Like, we have literally everything we ever won out of this playoffs. It's been so dramatic. The, the on-court, like... um Product has been perfect. And the cool thing is here, like yesterday, what it ended up 103, 102, we're not getting those 135, 140 only three-point shooting fest i mean we had deandre and make the biggest play of a game and he, he was an alley-oop dunk cameron Payne was keeping the Suns alive by driving to the hoop and finishing with his left hand at the rim over and over and over again and devin booker is a mid-range assassin like so yeah man this is fun um obviously let's talk about the alley-oop for sammy what was your instinct? Well, i was reaction? gonna say something before the
0: alley-oop the chris paul stuff like is what we're missing too is you just talked about the way the Suns are that's all without Chris Paul. And so even when Chris Paul comes back, we're talking about a Suns team that's mid-range, shooters on the side, good defenders on the side, a big man, Chris Paul a point guard, not like, you know, I love Damian Lillard and Steph Curry, but like an actual point guard that yeah. like does everything, mid-range, hits open shots, passes, plays defense. It's kind of amazing all around what this Suns team is and before I get to the alley because it kind of plays into it, I was even listening to like Colin coward this morning and they're talking about how like, he's like, it almost feels like a college environment in there. And I think that's why this team feels so fun. That does not feel like an NBA crowd. That felt like a
1: college crowd that's been dying for a final four appearance. Yeah. That's a Great point, actually. It does feel a little collegiate. And I think that's because I think we're going to actually get a lot of collegiate feel in all four. Well, except the Clippers, because it's Los Angeles, but the other three crowds as well, because these are crowds that haven't really been there before. And people are like, well, the Clippers have never been to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, true, but it's LA. It's going to be a lot of celebrities. It's LA's been to multiple Western Conference Finals. The Clippers, not so much. But um, And the Staples Center doesn't really Allow for that collegiate feel just because it feels like a show, it feels professional, but the other three crowds will. Um, I mean, I guess in general, I felt like let's get to that play real quick. And I agree with everything you just said, but that play in general, like it's kind of something you always wonder, right? In the end of the game, like why don't you just alley you throw an alley oop to your biggest guy and have him dunk the ball? Like, it, I feel like you always wonder that, and it actually happened, and it felt like the Clippers, who are usually very well prepared because Tyron Liu is a very good game adjuster. We're not, we're not prepared. Zubac got blindsided by a screen. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins came in and was like not even between the basket and, and the inbound play, gave a perfect angle. And one thing that's not being – maybe is being talked about enough, but at least I haven't heard being talked about enough, was the perfect pass by Jay Crowder. He could not have put that ball in a better spot. I mean – yeah, at first
0: I thought it was not a perfect pass, but when you see the new the rules behind all this then it is a perfect pass and that's kind of I think the biggest part of this whole play is that it, it was a perfect pass considering the rules, but who fucking knew that the rules, I mean like I didn't know, the refs obviously didn't know. That's why it took 15 <laughs> minutes to review. But who knew that off an inbound, you cannot interfere on the cylinder because it's a free play. It's not a shot. Like I, I had zero clue. It's only like that in the NBA. College is not like that. Yep. High school. It's literally only an NBA rule, and I, I, I just really thought like, who knew, right? Like well, I had no idea. Obviously, Monty Williams knew.
1: Yeah, and you know what now. Now you're going to see more of it. Like, you know, the uh, side inbound play. I always wondered, just throw at the at, at the basket. I think we're going to see more of that now. I think teams, like, it's one of those moments in NBA history where I think you're actually going to have a lot of ramifications because I think teams are going to be more likely to attempt stuff like this at, at end of the games instead of just throwing the ball backcourt and hocking up a three of point eight seconds left. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be all successful, but I think, you know, yeah. a lot of times people see something and they want to copy it later on, and I, I actually think that's going to happen. I, I don't know. I've never been more excited about a play. Maybe it was I don't a- think it's going to yeah. happen to be
0: honest because You don't think people will attempt it? Not as much because the defense is going now now all defenses know you they can do it. So, that's the thing. The reason it worked is because mm-hmm. of all the stuff you said before, which was why was DeMarcus Cousins like not here and Zubax was over the, like the reason it happened so well is because first of all, you have a DeAndre Ayton who actually now is like went from like the most <laughs> overrated number 1 or like like Some people were like, oh my God, I can't believe what a, what a, how sad they didn't get Luca or Trey Young, right? To now, like, wow, he's actually like the most versatile big man in the league. Not versatile like a Jokic or Embiid, but a true big man that, like, true big man, true set, like runs up and down the court, skinny, but strong, can jump high. First of all, I needed a guy that can out-jump another center, and that's maybe only a guy like DeAndre A, number one. And number two, it takes a defense not knowing that's a possibility. That's why I don't think it's going to happen too often. The last two times we saw it, I think, was the Dwight Howard and the Tyson Chandler times. Oh, yeah. I forgot ones, about the
1: Dwight Howard one. Yeah, that was against the Spurs or some, yeah. some team or whatever. The, the
0: reason that one, these ones seem different is those ones weren't like the basket interference, right? Those right, ones right, were right. like a like regular alley-oop outside. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the the crazy thing with this one is nobody knew that rule was like a thing. Obviously, like even DeAndre A. and I think in his post game interview was like, he said something. He was like, "I didn't know how to celebrate. I was anxious." He's like, "I didn't even know if what I I didn't." He said, "I had no idea what I just did. I don't know if it was allowed or not." And mm-hmm. I, I was just waiting for the refs to call it. And so even they kind of were like, "Hey, was that was that okay?" And but now if defenses know that, do you think they're like, do you think a defense would be dumb enough to leave Giannis right in front of the hoop?
1: No, Come no, on. but I think the offense will totally draw up more plays trying to attempt it because it's easier than a turnaround three pointer from the corner of point seven seconds left. I mean, that plays a fi- that plays less than a fifty fifty, even though like. That plays hard, right? The pass has to be perfect. Yeah. You have to catch it, and you got to put it in. Well, but it's easier than a turnaround three from the court. I'm talking with like 0.5 seconds
0: Yeah, left. That's, that's the thing. You're, we're talking about very minuscule things here because yeah. that's why I said it's not going to be attempted much more than we see because I think that – I mean, it's happened like three times in like ten years, right? Right. And I think that's the trend we're gonna see. And the only reason I say that is because it has to be a one or two point game. It has to be somewhere it's passable to do that, and it has to be with under a second left. Like that's yeah. why I don't see it happening very often because we're. T- and if Paul George makes a free throw or two, we're not even talking about this play today. And if the clock, if if it didn't tip out with. seconds and it tipped off two seconds right remember they missed that yeah they missed
1: it and they had to look it up again yeah yeah but I don't want to get stuck on whether or not coaches are going to be doing it more like I don't think that's the big point here of this (laughs) podcast today I think the bigger point is like what happened right and you said something really important about DeAndre Ayton that I really wanted to talk about where you said he's one of the most most versatile big men in the league and and one of the like premier big men in the league right away and he's so young and I think that's Kind of getting to our point, we've always talked about is that we, we get really like weird about these prospects because they come into the league at nineteen, and you're like, oh man, he's not a superstar. He's not that good, and it's like he's yeah, he's twenty years old, and then he turns twenty one, twenty two, and now people are like, oh look, DeAndre is pro- pretty good. Like I, I mean, feel his, like we
0: his problem was his problem was more the fact that Luca and Trey Young went right after him. Yes. They became superstars overnight.
1: And Um, Marvin Bagley Jr. Don't forget Marvin Bagley. Don't
0: put some respect on Bagley's name. (laughs) Marvin Marvin Bagley helped him, actually. So Marvin Bagley (laughs) helped him look good. Uh, Luca and Trey Young went after him. Jaron Jackson Jr., who's been pretty damn good outside of his injury last year. So we're talking about a lot of guys that went after him that were really good. Even I think in that draft was like Colin Sexton later in the draft who's been pretty Mm -hmm. decent. And there's a lot of great players in this draft in general. So he was just one of those guys that like, you're like, mm, I don't know. Was this really what you needed in today's NBA? But now it turns out to be honest, especially with the pickup of a guy like Chris Paul, who loves an athletic big man, like Dyson Chandler, who was mentioned before. That's Chris Paul's type of guy. And I think earlier in the season, it didn't look like it, but it slowly has become the right move. Like this is Chris Paul's type of guy. He works perfectly with the Devin Booker, who is a pure shooting guard, right? Yeah, you Anybody else probably like a Luca or Trey might have not worked the right way with this team, and so DeAndre Inge turned out not only to be a great versatile big man, but he's also been great just for the Suns. And it's like it's pretty fucking exciting that you have a guy that went to University of Arizona and he's like a in high Arizona. school in Arizona, yeah. And then went to went to the Phoenix Suns, number one pick, and kind of went through the struggle with Devin Booker. And I think that's the biggest thing that I like, and it kind of gets me to my whole point about this Phoenix Suns team, which is like more than anything right now. Chris Paul is coming back game three. I think they won the series after this game. And I think this team, compared to other teams, and this is where this is going to be really random, but compare it to like the Brooklyn Nets. Remember, you were like, I don't want the Nets win because they played seven games together, right? Yes. This team, I know where you're going. It's the opposite.
1: It's the opposite. Yep.
0: They are FaceTiming Chris Paul while walking into the tunnel, both games. Devin Booker, did you see what he was doing? In the walking out of the stadium, he was holding his phone to the crowd with Chris Paul yeah. on FaceTime. Yeah, like, that's amazing. They they are the epitome of what you want, like an not just an NBA team, but a team to be, right? Like, right. Devin Booker doesn't call care if Chris Paul's the man. Chris Paul doesn't care if Aiton's the man. Aiton doesn't care if it's Bridges or Booker, or they literally just want to win games. And you have the Cameron Payne, like, oh, the backup always came in and did things, the misfits like Dario Saric and, and Frank Kaminsky's on the bench and you have Cameron Payne from China and you have all Mikhail these Bridges, guys
1: who was yeah. who was who given up on really quick by Philadelphia. Same
0: draft as Aiton actually too. Yeah. And like,
1: but man, I know. Great, great point. It's like everything we love about basketball. Right. And I, I love what you said there because it's the epitome of a team. You had the young guy like Booker who struggled and they didn't think he can do much. And you had the number one overall pick in DeAndre. And, Who everyone was like, spells his name D E big A. And it's like, no, it's just DeAndre, but you know, he's gonna start, people are gonna start spelling his name correctly. And you got guys like Cameron Payne, who was in China last year, right? And then he came in right before the bubble. And then the best part of it all is you pick up this veteran who's had all this bad luck, who's never, could never get that one break, who can never get over the hump. And what happens? He's in the Western Conference Finals and he gets another roadblock by getting COVID. <laughs> like Chris Paul has and it's yeah, but this everything. series actually weirdly it worked out for him. It out. So well, look, I I am not I'm not ready to call the series because we've seen the Clippers go down 2-0 in both series. I'm with you. I think the Suns win this series, but I look. What do they always say? A series never starts until a road team wins a game. So let's make, let's see if the Suns can steal one of the next two in 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 Los Angeles. They steal one of the next two. Obviously, it's over.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that, but I'm not. I'm not playing this like. I think it. I genuinely think the. I, I know we can play like the uh, the what's it called like the the classic like oh it's not over till it's over. But no, no, no. In I believe feeling, that. Just, in this in this my in my feeling. This is one of those series where it just feels over. Like it just feels. Yeah. Like it was, uh, not and, and the Clippers have been in these series. I mean, what they had it against the Jazz, they had it against the Mavericks, down two zero. There's something about this one that my that feels different. And the key is that Kawhi Leonard's is not even going to play Game Three, so the likelihood is that this just feels a little different than the Utah
1: Dallas I, series. See, uh- yeah, maybe for you, but to me not because I mean if you told me that the Clippers were down 25 in game six, I thought I would have said the series is over too. This is what this is a team where I have to give them credit because I don't like the Clippers team in general. Pat Beverly, I wanted to I actually was about to drive to the stadium and and get punch him into face for Devin Booker yesterday. I, I I'm with, the with you. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm tired of I'm tired of Patrick Beverly. Like, I don't I don't need to see him on the court anymore. And like, really, he needs to go away. But I feel like this team is a little more resilient than I expected. Like after what I saw them do in the Dallas series down 2-0, after seeing them down 2-0 against Utah and down 25 in game 6, coming back and win, I'm just not ready. I, it doesn't feel different to me. I'm still nervous because they actually played really damn well for these two games given the circumstances.
0: I'm yeah, still picking the, the Sun- I'm still fine, picking but- the
1: Suns to win. I'm with you picking the Suns. Yeah, my my point
0: is y- you have once again I think we're missing the key point here is Kawhi Leonard's not playing and the Suns are only adding Christopher Paul, the point god, the best point guard in the last I was going to say ever but I was like wait let me pause. The, <laughs> the best, best
1: point guard basketball player in history of the planet. Chris Paul this year, <laughs> the
0: best player, the best Suns player we've seen in a long time, um, and the best point guard we've seen, the best pure point guard we've seen since Isaiah Thomas Magic Johnson era. Okay, and we are talking about Jason yeah, or Kidd maybe, or Chris Paul. I would take Chris Paul in a heartbeat. I don't even want to get. I I got into this with people over the weekend. Jason you, Kidd, i Jason I know Jason Kidd won a ring with the Mavs, and I know Jason Kidd is triple doubles, but it's Chris Paul. I, uh, I, I agree. Me, with you.
1: That's a conversation for no, now. I, I agree with the you. The point is, we're, ta-
0: we're missing the key here That's Kawhi Leonard... So, sorry, can I stop you? Here. I,
1: I got to stop you for a second. The, who are okay, the, then go. Let's go. Okay. All right, the, th- the three... The three. I just, I've been I trying to make this point thing. for 15 minutes. So uh, yeah, I know, but uh, because I'm going to forget about this with my ADD today. Um, Sammy, did you know the three best pure point guards in the last like 20 years have been Chris Paul, Steve Nash, and Jason Kidd? Yep. You know what they all have in common? They all played for the Suns. Yeah. All right. Now you can move on. Yeah, I knew exactly <laughs> where I was going. I was going to
0: mention that in my rant here. Outside of Steve Nash, uh, Chris Paul might be like the best Phoenix Suns player to wear the jersey since obviously since Barkley and Steve Nash, whatever. He's hmm. one of those top five, six greats along with Devin Booker. And we're talking about the fact that like I understand this Clippers team been resilient, but you have no Kawhi coming back game three, most likely. And you have Chris Paul coming back. I would be shocked. Chris Paul, this is the moment for him. I'd be shocked mm-hmm. if he lost. And that's the only reason, like, uh, it wasn't the moment for the Utah Jazz. It wasn't the moment for Luka against the Clippers. Like, uh, they have their times. Chris Paul's 36. He's this never, he never has or never will again have this same opportunity ever in his all career. Right. I don't, even next year, if Kawhi's healthy next year, is it the same opportunity? No. If, no, if LeBron death, did, Steph,
1: yeah, Clay and, Thompson.
0: Forget <laughs> all that for a second. The Brooklyn Nets, if they're healthy and make the finals, there's a 0% chance the Suns would beat that team. Like th- all of it, right? So even if the Suns got past the West, th- there's a juggernaut on the other side there. And there's young guys like Luca, and even the older guys like LeBron and Steph. And there's the Trey Youngs now and the Giannis's and the Joel Embiid's. There's guys that are they're next up now, right? Yeah, like totally. they, they, It's kind of their time. Totally. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think at the end of the day, all my favorite part about the Suns team, George, is the camaraderie. the college feel of Phoenix right now with that stadium and like the excitement and overall in general, the last thing I got to say about the Suns team is I do truly feel like they've got, everyone's got their back. I mean, I was at the stadium yesterday at the Mariners game during the game and everyone was streaming the games like on their, their cell phones, like in the section we had 10, 20 people watching this game. Right. And everybody, for some reason, was rooting for the Suns. I was talking to my girlfriend's dad. He's like, I don't know. They just seem like they've they've been through the struggle and they, they made it out. And you go, you listen to talk shows. Like, you listen to any of them, ESPN, FS1. Everyone seems to just, like, love the Phoenix Suns this year yeah. because of the college feel, because of the environment. And they are really, like... Do you feel like they're
1: kind of America's like Cinderella story this year? Well, I mean, in general, if you go look at the uh, – st- I think there was like a graph on and Most of the United States is rooting for the Phoenix Suns, so you're absolutely right here. So, yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. I'm, I'm totally with you there. I do want to uh, kind of veer off for half a second because I think there's something that we're going to be excited to talk about for a second, and that's Devin Booker, Sammy. Um, he's going to be wearing a mask next game. We're going to get masked Devin Booker. And um, I don't know. I know. I know you probably saw the uh, the lady in the front row wearing the Steve Nash broken nose shirt. Yeah, so random. So random. Like, what a night to choose that shirt, right? Like, I mean, I'm going to wear the Steve Nash broken broken nose shirt tonight, and then Devin Booker <laughs> breaks his nose. Um, Masked Booker, man. I mean, he's going to be up there with Masked LeBron. Who, who else has Kobe ever wore a mask?
0: Mm-hmm. We've had masked LeBron. We've had masked. We can always just say Rip Hamilton because he's the guy. I, had,
1: he's always masked.
0: Yeah, we have rat, masked. You made me lose my train of thought. So, uh, what did I say? Masked LeBron. Masked, masked Rip. Okay, we've had masked Kawhi. We've had masked Joel Embiid and masked Kobe. Uh, oh, those masked are some Dwayne Wade, that, Dwayne Wade. Did he? I don't know. You're just saying random <laughs> stuff. Maybe. I, maybe but, I'm just
1: picturing him because of the Miami Heat jersey and LeBron. Yeah,
0: M- mask LeBron was one of the better ones though ever, um, and he's not the only one that's had kind of a phenomenal like game with a mask on. But mask LeBron's been a pretty cool one. We've had some actually legendary games with guys wearing masks. It's gonna be cool to see Booker in that because like there's something about Devin Booker that's like he's a stone cold killer, you know already. And then when you put on the mask, like it's just gonna take it almost to like a uh, if he if he has a, a legend killer status. Game, yeah, if he has a legendary game where they go up 3-0, where they win the series with a mask on, there's going to be something special about like the Devin Booker mask series, right? When yeah. the Suns went to the NBA Finals and Chris Paul got his appearance and you had Devin Booker in the mask. The only thing I hate about the NBA is mm-hmm. that they took away LeBron's like carbon... Uh, what Fire, is it called? The, carbon,
1: the black carbon fiber mask.
0: Yeah, it kind of fucked but, everything
1: up because that's well, way cooler. I um well one thing um I was today years old when I found out the NBA took away the carbon fiber mask, and number two is why the hell did they take away that? like what does it matter to the NBA if you wear a carbon fiber mask or a plastic mask? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect you to, but uh, I mean, fair
0: enough. I want, all I know is LeBron James swaps black mask for clear one at request of the NBA. Like there was some reason. They're like, that this is
1: too much swag.
0: It kind of was. No, I mean, there's probably, there actually is a, there's a, um, there's a reason. There is a reason. It. I couldn't remember, but it, it's, what was it? It was, uh, it was our understanding LeBron used the black mask because a clear one was comfortable. The one he was comfortable with wasn't ready. Uh, Let's see. They asked him. I don't know. Hmm. They. It I don't know. The players who have been worn blast max in the past have also been asked to switch to clear ones. Maybe there's something about the fact
1: that like it's you not can't see, see their through. eyes, or or you can't see yeah. like their eyes like where they're passing. Maybe it's like a competitive advantage. But like if yeah. you're LeBron James, you gotta have like a picture of you in the black mask hung up in your house, right? He probably does. He probably yeah, you gotta. So. It. It's such a sick picture. Yeah, but
0: Devin Booker, I really hope he goes off in the mask because the the masked, uh, masked games are the best. Actually, there was also a meme on the uh, on on the Twitter sphere that yeah. of like Kylie Jenner. It's like it was like what that old black guy meme Oh, like yeah. I saw that. Like Kylie Jenner about to call her plastic to call her sisters and be like, how can we get Booker's nose fixed? Yeah, the best plastic oh, surgeon I mean.
1: in LA, please. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, let's let's get it. He needs this fixed overnight. But last thing I'm gonna say is I really do think the whole world's rooting for the Suns. Devin Booker, mass game is coming. And, uh, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, everyone should root for this Phoenix Suns team. Cause I think the camaraderie is actually really fucking cool to see. And we don't see that in the NBA and the NBA ratings, George are up like 49% from last year without Steph, without LeBron, with,
1: we, a that's week ago aw- you were that's awesome. That's awesome. A week ago, Great.
0: you were talking to me about how the ratings are, you know, like, oh, who knows about the ratings? The ratings are down. Like, I'm not saying you were wrong, but you know what I mean. Like, we were literally talking about it. What was that? Three days ago
1: it, on Friday, Thursday last week.
0: Yeah. And then let me tell you this
1: 2021
0: viewership through the conference semifinals. Uh, 3.5 million viewers across TNT, ABC, and ESPN. That's 39% up from 2020. The Bucks nets. And the Hawk sixers all surpassed six million and global global viewership uh on NBA league pass is also up twenty two percent from twenty twenty. So the, the yeah. forget the stars, forget LeBron, forget Steph. What I think people are actually enjoying for once mm-hmm. is what we we're talking about. Like they like to see Devin Booker and the Suns and this crazy yeah. crowd. The crowd makes a fucking difference too.
1: Well, and not just that, the quality of play has been fantastic and the drama and the game sevens and how close the games have been. It's been really good. The product. But the crowd, the, pro- the
0: crowd helps. Oh, it product. helps.
1: It, it helps so much. You're absolutely right. But the product has been great. I mean, you have the world's greatest crowd of, and have a shitty product and it, and it wouldn't work either. Right. Like it, that, pro- that's very true. But I'm yeah. just saying
0: in general, like that game uh, winner last night would not have been oh. the same. Without in crown. a
1: bubble, oh man, yeah. I f- fuck the bubble.
0: <laughs> yeah, the bubble sucks. <laughs>
1: like, like I'm, I'm sorry, I just gotta go with that real quick. Fuck the bubble, I'm watching Euro Cup right now, Sammy, France, and Portugal, and there's fans, right? This game, I think, is in I, I don't know what country this game's in right now, uh, but there's it's full of fans and it just makes it better. And you're right, yesterday, the fans make it better when you see these half empty stadiums, you get depressed.
0: Yeah, it is depressing. I mean, look at this picture right here for our podcast listeners. I'm sorry. There'll be maybe a clip like this is the Phoenix Suns picture after the the hit shot. You see like fans holding back people, this lady with the crazy <laughs> hair, like they're living life and it shows, George, NBA's TV market share has hit an all time high. Viewership share for the 2021 NBA playoffs is at its highest since 2002 when the league started tracking it. Fantastic. Good job, so, NBA.
1: Good news. Good for job. Good job, Devin Booker. Good job, Phoenix Suns. And good job to George Jarjour because, Sammy, when I moved to Miami the first year, they reached the NBA Finals. Now move, I moved to Phoenix, and I think we're going to get them in NBA Finals the first year. Unfortunately, I, can't, I don't have the same effect on the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> knock on wood. I'm jinxing our teams. On, knock on wood. But like, if you really, really want your NBA team to make an NBA Finals, give me a call buy me a penthouse condo and i'll spend a year there and you'll make the nba finals pretty simple trade-off
0: george what i was gonna say is the actually the reason that even makes it more fun is i'm gonna thank demarcus cousins because like on top of a game-winning weird alley oop dunk the crowd's going crazy you also have hothead demarcus cousins come mm-hmm. out of nowhere
1: Shove the fuck out of devin booker what happened i know <laughs> uh I don't know. I don't know if he knows what's going on really. I don't know if he knows he's in the NBA. I don't know if he knew that was a game-winning basket. I don't know if he knew he was on the court defending. At this point, Demarcus Cousins, mostly due to injuries, has had the worst like worst, like where he I guess the worst performance of where he's feeling not just decline, like because it's not a decline. It's a free fall, right? From where he could have been, where his potential was to what was reached. And most of it was due to injuries, but also because DeMarcus Cousins might not be the most level-headed,
0: easy to talk to person. Like I said,
1: the game ended on an alley-oop dunk and out
0: of nowhere, DeMarcus Cousins, two hands, shoves Devin Booker in the middle yeah. of
1: like nothing. Just, I know Patrick Patrick Beverly was probably like, what the fuck, dude? If you Patrick like, Beverly, I go that far. <laughs> Patrick Beverly is appalled. Well, hopefully they
0: win, George, and uh, <laughs> keep this fun up because I think the Phoenix Suns of finals there would be pretty sick. But Absolutely, man. Let's talk. Let's talk for one minute before we lo- log off today. Uh, just quickly on that MLB stuff. Uh, yeah. Stupid new policies. Not as, I wouldn't say stupid. Sorry, but I was at a baseball game last night. We all saw the meet the Max Scherzer and uh, who's the guy in Oakland? Uh, I forget his name. I I, I knew his name he yesterday. Actually he actually dropped his pants. He, he actually also dropped. dropped his belt. <laughs> Yeah, he, he dropped actually his dropped pants. his belt and dropped his pants. And you have – I was at the Mariners game, right? The part that bothers me the most is like, oh, struck out the side. I'm, And then they check him. First and foremost, why don't they check guys before the innings? Why <laughs> I, Well, why – like what if I struck out – oh, I won the World Series. Okay, let me check if you got any
1: uh, oh, sticky stuff. Oh, oh you stuff. have some sticky stuff? Why don't you guys go back? Let's re-hit this.
0: Like, yeah, like wh- <laughs> why don't they check before?
1: Yeah. Well, and why check? You know, the only way to stop it is that one pitcher is about to rip out his dick and then they're yeah. going to have to stop. <laughs> like, well, guy- like, oh, you want to check me? All right. Here's my dick. <laughs> Oops. All right. All right. We got to kind of stop this. There's kids watching. Yeah. That
0: one guy actually took his pants off.
1: I know. I know. As soon as someone's going to take his underwear off. And that's the only way pitchers should just unite and be like, every check, throw him, <laughs> take off their underwear, show their dick, and then everybody's going to have to stop. <laughs> they're like, all right. Well, can't just you know have that every game
0: yeah well (laughs) i think uh to be honest the way they're doing these rules are really stupid if the players want to use some sticky stuff let them use some sticky stuff it helps grip it's really not steroid it's not a big deal and as you see yesterday like you had pitchers you had pitchers pitch well without sticky stuff Mm -hmm. it helps their grip it's really not going to make i was at a mariners game yesterday and the damn score was one to two did they check anyone
1: was there any checks in the mariners game
0: I just told you a story, but you're too yell- too busy yelling dick over what I'm saying that you couldn't hear. I said, after every inning, they kept checking the pitchers, and I didn't understand. After, wait, after every inning they do it? After yesterday at the Maris game. I don't know what it was yesterday, but they were checking him after every inning, and oh, everyone was I, like, what? why not wait until it's like, why not do it before the inning, number one? And number two is like, what was up with the frequent checks? I mean, why, that's why Scherzer got pissed off. What do you think Scherzer was freaking out? Because... Every Just, inning, he was getting
1: checked because Girardi's wow. requesting it. I think it's okay, the other see, teams see, see, see. Yeah, it's other teams request. I don't like that. Like, I can understand like the whole pine tar thing, like in baseball bats, right? Where they're like, "Oh, there's something fishy. Let's give this a check." But to check after every inning, come on, man, this is what is this like airport security TSA? Like we're, we're going through like, well, security check checkpoints or uh, or check them before the game if you want. Like, right before the game, they have to go in, get checked up before going to the mound the first time.
0: The problem Stop is here, here's, here's how it works. It's like pitchers will be inspected after innings uh, and or when they come out of games. If they're doing something suspicious during an at-bat, they can be checked. Their hat, glove, and belt will be looked at while the rest of the uniform is also in play if empires deem it necessary. Okay. Uh, like... Like, it's kind of weird. Like, oh, walk... This is funny. Closers will be inspected before they pitch to avoid awkward walk-off moments.
1: (laughs) That's good. I mean, at least they got one part, right? Yeah, but like... But but come on, come on.
0: Let them play the
1: game. Yeah, I don't think this will last forever. I have a feeling this is something that's going to be, like, reversed. Kind of like when the NBA changed their basketball and all the players fucking hated it. And then they're like, all right, let's go back to the old basketball. This is kind of going to be the same thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're... The the pitchers are gonna like protest or something at some point too. To
1: be honest, I I I totally agree.
0: All right, well, that's all we got for today. Uh, Let's we'll be back tomorrow. Actually, we're talking probably some. Hopefully, there's some fucking crazy stuff that happens in the Atlanta Hawks game, and who knows what keeps happening in this world of sports. Every day there's something new, which is kind of a great thing for us. But well, the Suns game was fun. Everything has been pretty cool, and everybody can check us out at pod that two brothers talking sports you can find that on any platform and then you can find us at pod that on twitter instagram facebook tiktok youtube the whole nine and uh at the sports on tap for our main brand everywhere as well in the sports on tap.com and george we have a nice saying here and you know what it is this is the sports on tap
1: the internet's pub cheers cheers